Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. Man, I have to say, you guys are looking great. I'm, I'm proud of the fellas. You look good. I saw several guys in sports coats. Good job, guys. You're looking good, looking good. Now top it off by taking a picture with the family at the backdrop in the back. Y'all doing okay today? I'm excited about Easter. It's the, the best day of the year for the church. Y'all do know this is like the Super Bowl of Sunday services, right? Y'all know that, right? And so I'm excited um, about today. And I have a message I want to share with you um, this morning. If you're a first-time guest with us, like Cynthia mentioned, we're so glad that you have uh, joined us today. It's always great to have guests. Come on, let's put our hands together for all the guests in the house. And also, let's give a shout-out to our worship team this morning. Man. Man, they've been working hard to make that happen. And so that was such... I was so intense. Am I right? I wanted to sing on that Ain't No Grave song. I'll be honest with you, but uh, they wouldn't let me. And so anyway, y'all ready for the word today? Yes, indeed. All right, let's go to the word. Uh, y'all got to put it up on the screen because my iPad isn't, isn't working. So happy Easter, everybody. Here we go. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, He gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Notice that word right there. It says tombs. Now, when we think of Easter, we think of tomb. But it says tombs broke open. Uh, For those of you who don't know what that means, that means more than one. That means a bunch of them broke open. And the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And some of you are like, wait, what a minute, wait, what, what, wait a minute, what's going on here? You read it, it's in the Bible. The bodies of many holy people were raised to life. And they came up out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection, and watch this, went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Imagine being in that city and that guy come and walk up to you and you're like, I thought you were dead. What happened? What's going on here? Verse verse 54, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, you see what had happened was, come on, I love that. They were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God talking about Jesus. Let us pray today. Lord, we're so thankful that we can be here in this place together to worship you, to celebrate what you have done all those years ago, and to look forward to what you're going to do even today and even tomorrow. So Lord, in this place today, I pray that every ear will hear what you want to say, not just what I'm going to say, but what you want to say. And Lord, I ask you to speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to start out with a story for you uh, this morning. This is probably our family's favorite Easter story to tell. Um, So I have three children. Elijah is my oldest. Then we have Judah. And then we have Ella Pearl. And I, I love to use their stories to share messages. Well, when Elijah was... uh a little kid, uh, we were living back in Louisiana, 
and uh, I was on staff at a church there, and we had a, a, a church school, Christian school. Anybody went to church school? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. And so we had the, the, the Christian school at the church, and uh, one day I got a phone call from the office at the Christian school. And, you know, when you're a parent and you get a phone call from the office about your kid, you're trying to figure out what in the world's going on here because we had all those conversations. You know, the conversations, just like my parents had with me, uh, we don't go to the principal's office, and we definitely don't get the principal to call to the house because when that happens, things in your life begin to change. How many of y'all had parents like that? Y'all had those parents? It was don't call. And so we got the phone call, and so... You know, I'm on staff with these people, and so I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure if it's a medical emergency, and surely my kid wasn't doing anything wrong, amen? Not my child. I mean, I got good kids, right? How many of y'all got some good kids in here? <laughs> hold on, hold on. How many of you, they called, the, the principal called your parents? Come on, there, there we go. That explains some things. Okay, that explains some things. And so they call, and they said, hey, we need to talk to you about something. And then when they start out by saying, we're not sure how to say this, that's where you know, all right, just give it to me. I said, so Elijah was on the playground with his friends today, and he was reenacting the crucifixion scene. And he had a little boy laid on the ground, and we can see him hitting the boy's fists and hitting his feet. And I thought, okay, so we were youth pastors at the time. I mean, there was part of me that was feeling pretty good about our parenting because, you know, we've led our children to know the Bible. My son knows about the crucifixion scene. But man, that's a little bit aggressive play on the playground, am I right? Like, just wasn't really expecting that. And I didn't know how he could understand the crucifixion scene like that graphically. Well, we found out my mom was letting my kids watch some of the, you know, the Jesus crucifixion movies around Easter. And there was stuff we didn't feel like they were ready for. But mom was like, let them watch it. They need to know the gospel. parenting man and uh we had to have a talk with him and ask him to quit crucifying his friends <laughs> on the playground come on if you're a teacher in here you never thought you'd have to make that call uh mr principal we have a situation there's a kid reenacting the crucifixion scene love that story elijah will be in the back you can ask him all the details after the service um, but around Easter, you know, we consider this past week uh, Holy Week. And it focuses, it focuses us back to what Jesus came to earth for. Like, we know that he came to give us life. We know that he came to die on the cross to pay the price for each of our sins. Because we all are sinners, am I right? All of us. Do this for me. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a sinner. You thought I was going to say, tell them they're a sinner. Look at your other neighbor and tell them you're a sinner. There you go. Let's balance this out. Okay. And I, I don't really know a lot of people who don't know that Jesus died for their sins. Seriously, I, I, I know a lot of people, like in our community, I know so many people, and I would say the majority of them, 
they know that. Am I right? Like most of our friends and family, whenever we're talking about Easter, they know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And, and it's really such common knowledge, especially living in the South in the Bible Belt. Am I right? I mean, it's just very, very, very common. And so there is a lot of emphasis, like we mentioned earlier, with it being Easter, there's a lot of emphasis on the death of Jesus. But it's ironic how there's not as much emphasis on the resurrection of Jesus. And it's like this, and I've just kind of put it together like this. Look, man, we've all done some things, you know what I'm saying, that we're not proud of, that we're sorry for, but we just don't want it held against us. And so to know that Jesus goes to the cross to take the punishment for all that, I'm good with that. Am I right? Are you thankful today that Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for all the things that you've done wrong? And so, of course, man, Jesus on the cross, let's go with that because I really, really needed that. But to begin to talk about the resurrection puts us in a new place because it's not just stopping something that we've been doing that was wrong, but it's starting to live the right way. And so it, the, the, the cross is all that Jesus did, but the resurrection points to what we should do. I think that's why. I really do. I think that's why we stay away from the resurrection and lean towards the cross because it's like, yeah, Jesus, you do that thing, man. Clean up my mess. But we still have a life to live. And I believe that God meant for us to live an amazing life. Do you believe that today? Incredible life. Not just struggling, not just stressing, but living an incredible life. And so the Easter story is so much about the resurrection of Jesus. And we know that. But do we really know that? We know Jesus came to die. That's his part. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. He is alive. And he did that so we can live our part, which is to live for him. Now, something overlooked in this story, and we read it a moment ago in Scripture. In the crucifixion, in the resurrection story, where it says, Other tombs opened, and many holy people were raised to life. Now, that's the part of the story that doesn't get a lot of love during Easter. Like, how many of you, you heard that for the first time today? Don't, it's okay. Don't feel like, I don't know the Bible they're going to make fun. No, it's fine. I know because it's, it's just overshadowed. Because once we get to the Easter story, when we're reading it in the Bible or whatever, we just, oh, I know this story. Jesus died on the cross three days later, rose again. Let's have a party, am I right? Jesus is alive. We're celebrating the day that Jesus is alive. But tucked in that story, there's so much more that is going on. So as I was studying this, I began to wonder, who are these people that rose from from the grave? Like, we know Jesus did it, but we knew Lazarus did it. We heard that story. But who are all these other people? Like, I feel like I need to know. I'm just nosy like that. Like, I just need to know who these people are. So I started studying it a little bit. And some of the scholars believe it was some of the patriarchs of the faith. Like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It's like, okay, let's go. Right? And then some scholars, they believe it was like John the Baptist. Remember? Not long before Jesus died, John the Baptist was beheaded. And so they believe it could have been John the Baptist. They believed it could have been Joseph, who was... Jesus' dad? He had passed away, and so potentially it was Joseph, this other guy named Simeon. Like they, they were just guessing. They were just giving their best guess. 
But regardless of who it is, all I can think is, if I'm walking through the city, and let's just say it's Joseph, right? Let's just say it's Joseph. I'm just walking through the market, just taking care of my business, and then I see a guy. Joseph? Can you imagine the feelings in that moment that you would have? Like imagine Mary, who's been at the cross watching her son die, who's in mourning because all that she has seen and watched her son walk through suffering. Imagine if she's walking through the market and is like, Joseph, what are you doing here? What in the world? Can you, can you just imagine the emotions of the moment? And so then I begin to think, well, what are they doing in this city? Like what, just walking around? How you doing? Good to see you. Have a good one. Ooh, it's hot, hot, hot this Easter. I do. I wonder what they were saying. I wonder what they were doing. Like, I I have all these questions because you can't just tuck that story right on into the Easter story and not expect me to ask questions. Am I right? Like, this is a significant event. If somebody that I love is raised from the dead, we need to talk. Like, I have so many questions. Like, I need to know, what's it like on the other side? What does heaven really look like? Or wait a minute, did you really even go to heaven? (laughs) Am I right? Because we know what you did. (laughs) So I was just wondering what, what they were saying. And what was God trying to do by doing this? Like, God, why would you do this? What are you up to? Like, y'all ever had those moments with God? Like, God, what are you up to? And I feel like this is one of them. And, and it's almost like there was a message that God's trying to communicate. He was doing it through the cross. He was doing it through the resurrection of Jesus. And then you add this to it. It's almost like God's really trying to get our attention here. And I, I want to tell you this. Many of you here today, God's trying to get your attention. He's really trying to get your attention to see something. And so I I just wonder, what were they going around telling people? And if I'm one of the people in that city, I just need to know something. Like now that you have seen heaven, tell me what I don't know living here on earth that I need to know because heaven is a place that I want to go someday. Am I right? Like tell me all the stuff. Everything I've been living on this life on earth thinking matters. Tell me what really matters and what doesn't matter now that you have seen it all. And so I started thinking, okay, what would God try to tell us through these people? And I thought that would be an amazing message to share on Easter because it is the story of a resurrection. But what this does is it takes it from being just a story about Jesus and it literally brings it right there to us. It brings it right there to us. So what would God be trying to tell you through these resurrection stories of all these people? And the first thing I think he would say is there's more to the story. I think that's the first thing they would say. Listen, you see everything that's going on here? Just like you see everything going on in your life, and we define it by what we know, what we've seen, what we experience, and what we're feeling, but we have no clue the fullness of the story that God is actually working, that God is actually writing with our lives. We don't see it because all we can do is determine what's going on by what we're feeling. And all of this that I'm sharing with you today, in all reality, it's part of the Easter story. 
But we didn't realize there was more to the Easter story because of the context of what we've learned about the resurrection. All we know is Jesus died three days later. He was he raised again. And here we go. We got Easter now. Let's celebrate every year whenever Jesus rises from the dead. But now we're realizing, wait a minute, there is so much more to the resurrection story. And it's beginning to feel like God's trying to bring me into it. He's trying to include me into what he wants to do through Jesus. And I would just say this, don't assume that we have Jesus all figured out. Don't assume, even though you may be a church veteran, never assume that you have God completely figured out. Because just when you think you got him figured out, there he goes. Well, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that blessing coming. I didn't see that burden coming. Now I really got to pray. You just never, ever can get God figured out. And it's a scary place when we think we have him figured out. So the Easter story, God was doing more than what we were even aware of. Think of that. He was doing more. Because like all we can think of is, man, this is going to be a great story to tell. But God's like, this is a great story that's still being written. And the story didn't end with Jesus. It just got started with Jesus. And it continues on with people like you. Can I hear you say amen? So many times we try to predict what we think God is going to do in our situations. We try to predict what we think God's going to do in our lives. And what if we're limiting what we believe that God can do because of our limited knowledge of the story that's being written. Think of that. There is so much more to the story. And many of us, we knew the resurrection story, but you didn't know that other people were resurrected that day. And now that you hear that, it, it, it kind of opens up your wonder and makes you think, what else has God up to that I don't realize? is happening. What is God up to in my life right now that I don't even see? Because all I see is what we're facing, what we're dealing with, and all the things that I have to do. What else is God up to right now that I don't realize is happening? There's more to the story. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know what that means? I didn't think of that. Why didn't I think, all right, students, all the students in here, you remember taking that test and then you did okay on it, but not as good as you wanted to. And then afterwards, there's a big class review and they're going over everything. And then they're telling you what the answer should have been. And you're like, oh goodness, I knew that. Why didn't I think of that then when I was taking the test? It is so frustrating, but there is so much more. And I think that happens to us in life when we're facing a test a real life test, there are things that we know we just don't always think about because we have all these limitations that we put on ourselves and we put on God. But I think the story that these people who were resurrected, they were trying to say, there's more to the story. Here's the second thing I think they were trying to communicate. I think they were trying to communicate that it's more than just a story. It's more than just a story. See, the resurrection to us, it's a story. 
that we continue to tell from generation to generation to generation. But to them, it was a miracle. They experienced it. You, you've had those situations where you were trying to tell somebody about a place that you've been, a thing that you have done, you know what I'm saying? And you're trying to explain it to them, and they just can't comprehend it. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, oh, it was so amazing. And they're like, oh, yeah. And this is how you end the conversation. Oh, you just, you just had to be there. You, you, if you were there, you would know. If you, if you were eating the steak with me, you, you would know what I'm talking about. You just think that it's a little Costco steak thrown on the grill. But this is next level kind of meat. This is protein. Can I get an amen in the house for the protein? Thank you, Lord. People coming out of graves is a story to us. Like we just read it. It's a story to us, but it was a miracle to the people that it was happening to. It was a miracle to the families that got to see that person again, walking and living and talking. That is like mind-blowing. In fact, we cannot really even comprehend that, but this helps us to see that these are not just stories. The resurrection of Jesus is not just a story. It is a miracle, and it's a miracle that keeps happening, not just to Jesus, but for each and every one of us. There's more to the story. And there's more than just a story. Jesus isn't common, y'all. He's just, he's known, but he isn't common. Miracles, think of this, miracles are uncommon occurrences, and that's what makes them miracles. We hear the stories, but it's another thing when you experience the miracle, Amen. So the resurrection, it isn't just a story. It is a miracle, but even more than that, it's a person. And that person is Jesus because Jesus said it like this. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's trying to break down the miracle and get you to see this isn't just a story that happened. I am the miracle. I am the person that makes the miracle happen. And I can cause a resurrection in your life. Whatever is killing you, whatever is bringing you down, I can resurrect you. I can raise you up again. And people may hear your story about where you came from and what you did and what God did. And it sounds like a story, but for you and your family, it's more than a story. This is the life that you're living. I used to be this way, but God changed my life. And now I'm a brand new person. It's more than a story. It's a miracle. Amen. Get fired up on Easter. So watch this. God wasn't just trying to put together a good story that 2,000 years later we would come to church and read and talk about. He was changing lives. He was saving people. He was breaking chains. He was setting captives free. That's what he was doing. And so when we hear the Easter story, we got to remember it's more than a story. It's a miracle. And that miracle isn't dead. It's alive. And it's still working today. And he's bringing new life to people who are dying in sin. He's bringing healing to those who are in suffering. He's bringing mercy and grace even to the most undeserving. It's more than a story. It's a miracle. See, this is the gospel. 
And this is what you need to know about the gospel. The gospel isn't just a story. And God forgive us when we just make the gospel, the good news, a story. The gospel is a miracle. It's a miracle that someone would live their life so right and give his life for someone who was so wrong so that they could be made so right in the eyes of God. That is the gospel. That isn't just a story. It's a miracle. Thank God for the miracle. Amen? But here's the third thing I think they were trying to communicate. It's not just there's more to the story. And it's not just that it's more than a story. I think what they were trying to tell people is there's more to your story. There's more to your story. This is what I think about. Every one of those people that were resurrected, I don't think they ever thought, you know what? One day, I'm going to die. And this man, Jesus, is going to come and he's going to lay down his life for our sins. And then three days later, he's going to be resurrected. Oh, and by the way, my five-year plan after I pass away is to go ahead and be resurrected for, with Jesus. <laughs> Am I right? They had no clue that this was going to happen in their life. This was not on the radar. They were not thinking, you know what? One day, hashtag goals, this is what I want to do with my life. No, they just lived their life, and however they died, they died. But then out of nowhere, where we thought the story was over, where we thought it was the end for them, there was still a hope that no one saw, no one thought, no one felt, no one prayed for there was still a hope and what happened they were resurrected with Christ that wasn't a part of their story or so they thought so there was more to their story than what they thought and here's the thing about stories the God that we serve he's the one that holds the pen he's the one that does the writing. It's not you. It's not me. Get your planner. Get your five-year calendar. Get it all out and write it down, but you better write it in pencil because the God I serve, come on, the God that was raised from the dead has a better story to be written for your life. That includes miracles that you never even factored in. You never, ever thought. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So the resurrection tells us this. This is what the resurrection tells us. It's not over. You say, but Jesus is bad. He says, it's not over for you. The resurrection story tells us he's not finished. Today, I just wanted to come here to tell you Whatever it is you're walking through, no matter how serious it is, it's not over for you. He's not finished with you. I wanted to tell you today that there's more to your story than the chapters that you've already lived. There's so much more to your stories than the things that you have struggled with, the events that you have experienced, the things that you've had to walk through, even the things that you're going through right 
now. There's so much more to your story. For every young person that has their sights set on their future, can I tell you, you haven't even begun to dream what God has for you. You don't even know. Come on, look at your neighbor and just tell him, you don't even know, man. You don't even know what God has for you. You don't realize that there are parts of the story that God is writing in that you didn't even read yet. You didn't even recognize. You didn't even know that you had that talent in your life. You're 37 years old and you say, I've never done this before. That sounds like the kinds of things that God would do in your life. Amen? I never thought I would be standing here. I never thought I would be doing that. I never thought I would be a leader. I never thought I'd own my own company someday. I never thought I'd have a family like this. We could go on and on and on down the list because we all know where we came from. Amen. We know what we've been through. We know our family history and people in our family, we don't do things like that. But thank you, Jesus, that this is more than a story. It's a miracle. And God still works miracles in people's lives. Still works people in miracles in people's lives. So resurrection can be your story if you live your life if you look for life in him you can come back from that thing you can come back from that addiction you can come back from that divorce come on you can come back from that bad decision you can come back from the mess you can come back it doesn't have to define you but it's directing you today to the giver of life it's pointing you to jesus it's helping you to see i need jesus and the verse i want to finish with today is this John chapter 10 verse 10 it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy but I came that they may have life and have life abundantly and can I tell you today you look back and you say back then those were the best days of my life but then this happened In Jesus, we were meant to live abundant life, even though, even if that happened. That's the power of resurrection. And today, the hope that I want to share with every person is, no matter what it is, no matter where you came from, you can still live an abundant life. Do you believe that today? You can still live life to the fullest. You don't have to live a life paying the consequences of your sin, paying for your sin to try to make it right. Jesus already took care of that. But there's a lot of people that stay trapped right there. They they get stuck right there. I'm just trying not to mess it up. And Jesus is like, let's not try to live not messing up. Let's try to live going for it. Amen? Let's live going for it. There's a life that you were meant to live. You don't have to stay sorry when he's already forgiven you. Amen? Yeah. So why do we keep going to dead places to find life why do we continue to recite our history when he is busy writing our story why do we keep looking at where we've been instead of starting to look where he can take us 
That's why I say that today everything can change for you. If you want to find life, you have to first be willing to lay down your life. And this is what this means. Many of us, we're trying to write out our story and get God to come bless it. Today, the message is this. Give him the pen and let him write the story. And you just live what he's writing. That's what the Bible is. We're just living what he wrote. Amen. We're just living it out. And today, it's the day to lay down our life so that we can live his life. So the miracle of resurrection, we love it. But here's the reality. There is no resurrection without death. And that doesn't sit well with us. But if we want new life, old life has to go. We can't live in the context of where we've been. We've got to begin to live in the context of where he is taking us. Today is the day to surrender your life. This morning, every head bowed, every eye closed in the room. I believe you were supposed to be here today. I believe you needed to hear this message. I believe that you need it much more than a traditional Easter story. You needed to see and hear and feel and experience the miracle life that God can give. And maybe you came here today out of tradition. You didn't realize that even in your tradition, God could show up and do something. Maybe you came here today because you felt guilty, because you had a conversation with a family member this week, and they told you you need to, you need to go to church, and you felt guilty about it, and so you came. But you needed to hear this today because you knew there was more to your story. You knew there was more that God wanted to do in your life. Maybe you even said, I'm through with the God thing. I'm through with church. But God's not through with you. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not just talking about knowing about his story. I'm talking about receiving his life. By repenting of your sins, which simply means I'm turning away from the life and the ways of life that I've lived to surrender my life to Jesus so I can live his life. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer to begin a relationship with him. And I want to ask the entire congregation this morning to just simply recite this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for going to the cross to pay the price for the sins that I have committed and for the things that I have done wrong. I realize that I am a sinner and I need you to save me. I need you to change me and I need you to make me a new person. So today, I put my faith and trust in you. And I announce now that you are my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you and I will follow you. I make the decision now. I will live my life your way.
I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And amen. A simple prayer is where it begins. But this isn't where it ends. You see, it's not just get saved and everything's okay. It's get saved and start living. Living an abundant life. Come on, do you want to live an abundant life? Do you want to live life to the fullest? Come on, I want every one of you to stand to your feet this morning. You want to live life to the fullest. I just want to pray over you this morning as we dismiss the service. Father, I thank you that your word says that you give life and give life abundantly. And Father, we all have our lives to live and our lives have taken us down so many roads, so many different things. But there is no life like the life that you give. And Lord, I just pray that your life will make the difference in our lives. I pray, Father, that there will be a hunger in us, a desire for us to live the life that you have. And so, Father, I'm not just praying that we can live a blessed life, but I'm praying, Lord, that we will live a blessing life. To be blessed, to be a blessing. So, Father, I just pray for every person here today that they will experience your life. Every person that's walking through a life situation that is overwhelming. I just pray now that you will infuse them with your life. In Jesus' name. Before you go this morning, I'd like for you to grab your communion packets. Almost forgot. do recommend you shake those before you open them. If you need communion packets, just raise your hand and one of our ushers will get to you as soon as possible. We got someone up here on the front row. I'm sorry, y'all almost forgot. Thank you, baby, for reminding me. Communion is very traditional in the church. But just like we mentioned today, there's more to the story. There's more to it. Because this represents everything that we've been talking about. It represents the life of Jesus. It represents the death of Jesus. It represents the price that was paid. But it also represents the life that we are meant to live. And before his death, Jesus gathered his disciples around to have one last meal with them. And at this last meal, he sat them at this table he had some bread, and he had a cup filled with some wine. But they knew this meal was different. This wasn't just we're eating. There was so much significance to this meal. And I want you to know there's so much more significance to this communion than just the tradition of it. Because it truly represents the life of God. And Jesus sat his disciples around this table to share this meal and he tried to tell them over and over where he was going. And they, did, they didn't want to hear it. But he didn't realize by telling them where he was going would help them get where they needed to go. And Father, I pray your blessing on these elements before we take them. I pray that our hearts will be pure and holy before you as we receive them. And let this give life to us. Life abundantly. In Jesus' name.
The Bible says that Jesus took the bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup that was filled with wine that would represent the blood that would be shed. The price for our sins was pretty high. But Jesus voluntarily, willingly gave his life because he loved us so much. And every time I receive communion at this part, I always remember this. He did it because he thought you were worth it. He could have come off the cross. He could have saved himself. But he thought about people like you and me and said all the pain, all the anguish, all the bloodshed, they're worth it. So they can live free and experience this life. I will do it for them. Jesus took that cup, passed around the room. He said, drink this. This represents my blood. He issued a new covenant. And the new covenant is this, is that you don't have to earn it. You just have to believe it. And because you believe it, you can live it. Let's not just hear the Easter story. Let's go and live the miracle of Easter by living a new life. Father, bless your people today as we go. I pray our time with family will be fulfilling and enjoyable. I pray our time with friends will be enjoyable. But I pray, Lord, that we will live the life that you gave us. Blessings on every person as we go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.